With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to The Blackout. Of course, we're always coming to you from BellyUpSports.com. He is Alan Denton and can be found on Twitter at AD on The Blackout. I am Thomas Black and can be found at TB on The Blackout. It's time for another national championship pick and pod, this time of the confidence variety. And of course, we have to bring in Alan Denton, the absolute dominator of the confidence pick throughout ball season. Yeah, man. This year for me has been unreal. I just can't even believe it. Allen sits atop the leaderboard and get this, already has the top spot locked up. That is because he has already accumulated 681 points. The national championship is of complete insignificance in terms of walking away with the top spot and the prizes associated. But Alan, you could finish with as many as 703 points. You sit in the 99.6th percentile and you've gone 30 and 12 in your picks. There've been a lot of highs, but what are your, some of your highlights and lowlights as we've gone throughout bowl season with the confidence picks? Oh, let's see, man. We both nailed that LSU game. Didn't we? (laughs) That was up top. And maybe the one that was maybe the most frustrating was that Michigan game. I had 37 and then the UCLA game, I had a 33 on it. You just keep wondering, man, what if? Because I'm sitting there right now, ranked 676 in the world or whatever. And I'm just wondering, like, what could that number have been if only a couple of these games goes right? A couple of games that really, really helped me, that Alabama game, once Bryce Young and uh, Will Anderson decided they were going to play, I felt like that was an advantage to them. The Iowa game over Kentucky really, really helped. You know, a little bit lower on the board was some of those games like Air Force. That was a big one. Western Kentucky over South Alabama. That was an upset that really went my way. And then something as simple as picking Tennessee over Clemson. A lot of people went with Clemson and went with Clemson pretty high. I had waffled back and forth. That was not a game that I had Tennessee solidified the entire time. But after thinking more about it, I was like, I I really think Tennessee's going to win this game. But it was a big one that really, really helped me. No doubt about it. I have not been as good in the confidence slate, though I did have some bright spots and I stand at a respectable spot. I'm in 15th in the leaderboard. I have 573 points. I do have a lot of points left over where I can pick up all the way up to 604 points. So I have a chance to climb up into the low teens, if not maybe even into the top 10, depending on if picks fall the right way for me. I'm in the 85th percentile. I've only gone 25 and 17 in my picks. Really, that number to me feels really low for the fact that I'm sitting in the 85th percentile with 573 points. So I think that tells me that I've 
valued things close to the right way. It's just I've missed an awful lot. When you've only missed 12 yourself, Alan, 17 feels like a lot of misses to me. But some of the bright spots for me, I had Tulane picked at an 8 and an upset of USC. That was huge. Even though Tulane probably didn't really deserve to win that game, I felt like it was worth putting a low-value pick on. I gave that away as a confidence value pick during one of our previous episodes. I had Duke at a 12 over UCF. I had Louisville at an 18. Even after a lot of opt-outs, I decided to keep the Cardinals at a pretty high level. That was a big one for me. Washington in an upset of Texas, I gave that on the podcast, and I ended up putting the Huskies at a 26. I had a lot of confidence, even with them as an underdog, especially with Bijan Robinson and DeMarvion Overshone sitting out for Texas. It's why we document these things for you on the podcast. It's why we think you should be listening as we try to keep you up to date with as many significant opt-outs and things like that all throughout bowl season. Wisconsin at a 29 was a really valuable pick for me as well. But on the low side, I just had too many things hit the wrong way that really limited my upward mobility on the leaderboard. Get this, picks 19 through 25, I missed every single one of them. (laughs) That's a lot of mid-level value that I lost right there in the middle of my board. So less significance on all the matchups and that kind of thing and not really highlighting which ones really hurt me But that clump of games really limited how high my score could get. I had UTSA at a 20. That was one that we talked about in the ATS pick'em that it absolutely feels like I should have gotten those 20 points. I had Michigan at a 33. Of course, that hurt with TCU and its offensive explosion. I had UCLA at a 36. Again, one that we talked about in the ATS pick'em where it feels like we were absolutely on the right side, but losing 36 points there hurt. Another one that I was absolutely on the right side, San Diego State at a 38. And losing those points kind of early to mid-bowl season were really, really painful. And then I had Jackson State at a 40. There were a lot of other people who had them that high as well. But that one just stung pretty severely and uh, definitely put a cap on exactly how well I could do, even though I still feel like I had a reasonably good bowl season. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. That Jackson State game was so frustrating because they reeled me in again. Just like last year, I'm like, I'm not going to do this again. And then they just kept creeping up my board and creeping up my board. And I was right there with you. They were around a 40 for me. And then they freaking lose. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) I was like, see in Colorado, Dion. (laughs) Alan, one of the unique things we've already discussed is the fact that you have the top spot locked up Congratulations on your win. It's been a tremendous bowl season. Thank you. I appreciate that. This will be a nice relaxing, uh, on this side of things, a nice relaxing day. The unique part I mentioned is because not only is the top spot locked up, but going into the national championship, our second place finisher is already locked up. Taylor has finished in second place. He has currently 660 points. He can finish with as many as 666, only a six-point level on the national championship left. He's sitting at 99.1 in the percentile rank, and he's gone 28 and 14 in his picks. But for third place and our final set of prizes, just a blackout t-shirt for third place, but there are a good number of people available. I'm going to go in highest likelihood to least likelihood in terms of finishing in third place, but all of these people have a chance. Harrison in third place currently has a shot. Garrett in sixth place currently has a shot. 
Teresa in 10th place, Jason in 9th place, and Will in 4th place all have a chance to land in that third spot. So just as we did on the ATS Locks episode, Alan and I are going to give away what we are doing with our confidence picks. And then we're going to go through the leaderboard and give you in order what people have and what likelihood they have with finishing in that third spot. And then we're going to tell you what we think is the best play for each and every person. So, Alan, why don't you take us away with your confidence pick and your 22 points you have left for the national championship? Well, I'm putting all 22 points. And just so everybody knows, that's intentional leaving 22 points available because I wanted that many points just in case, right? You left yourself with much more, but we do that intentionally just in case. So I'm going Georgia. I've got TCU covering, but I think Georgia wins the game. And as a Vol fan, I hate that very, very much, but I think it's going to happen. I just don't see them losing this game. Yeah, it's hard to see, especially when they're nearly a two-touchdown favorite. Of course, you have TCU covering. You think it's going to be a closer game, but that opens the door for still, even on your side, a 10-point game. could be still a two-score game. And my 31 points that I have available in the confidence pick was more so because I believed in Georgia. Now, they nearly lost and probably should have against Ohio State, but I, from the beginning of the playoff, was banking on Georgia being the best team And really, to me, the Ohio State-Georgia matchup, in my mind, was for the national championship. I thought the winner of that game was going to win the national championship. So, to me, I was stocking my pick going, I think that I'm going to know the better team going into the national championship, and I'm willing to leave a lot of points left over on that matchup versus some of the other matchups that I knew earlier in bowl season. And right now, to me, with Georgia as a heavy favorite, it feels good that I have 31 points on my board left over for this game. Kind of wish it was more, but I also am going to be on Georgia, and I'm just going to be trying to climb the leaderboard as much as I can because I certainly have no chance to be inside the top three. So I'm going to see if I can crack the top 10 or so with a uh, Georgia Bulldogs win. I think in this instance, if I had more points, I'd gladly wager them on Georgia. (laughs) Again, I think it'll be a fairly close game, but most likely seven to 10 points comfortable still for Georgia. Yep. Let's see how it goes down, but it should be fun to watch. And uh, we should see an awful lot of Georgia picks. But now we're going to turn our attention to everybody who could land in that third spot and walk away with a blackout t-shirt. And just so you all know, those of you who have already won a blackout t-shirt in the past, if you win this third place prize, I will give you the option of selecting whether you want another blackout t-shirt or whether you want an equivalent value gift card in place of that. So we kind of give away a t-shirt early on in the process, getting people some swag for the show. But then as you are a repeat winner, we try to get you cash dollars. So just pay attention to that as we go forward and we'll see these prizes hopefully continue to grow over time. So Alan, one of the things we have to talk about is we're not necessarily looking at people in a confidence pick in your order of current standing with likelihood to finish in third place because we have to pay attention to max points available and that is going to dictate where people go with their picks and I think absolutely should be considered before people think flipping to another side or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. So right now in third place, I already mentioned it, Harrison and Garrett in sixth place are our two most likely people to finish in third place They both have the opportunity to finish with 647 points. So 
Alan, I think the advisable play here is to go both of them with Georgia. And I would think with the way these guys have picked and the fact that they're both up toward the top of the leaderboard, I would think they're both going to be on Georgia. But I would not advise either one of them to be on TCU because, frankly, it's less likely going to happen. And if you're both correct on Georgia, one of you will be walking away with the prize and you have to then rely on your total score tiebreaker to get the win over the other person. So... I like that side absolutely for the people who have the most likely chance to land in third place. I think it's advisable for them and sets themselves up for a chance to uh, land with that top three finish. You want to give yourself the best chance. Nine times out of 10, this Georgia team is going to win this game. So I think you have a much better likelihood of getting it closer on the tiebreaker than you do with getting TCU to actually win the game. Yeah. I agree 100%. Then when we flip it down to the other side, we've got three other people that could finish in third, but I'm going to talk to Teresa, Jason, and Will, and I think the advice goes the same for each and every one of you. You have to get over 627 points. That's what Harrison has right now sitting in third place. And if, like we're projecting, it would make sense if Harrison and Garrett are both on Georgia. So I think for Teresa, Jason, and Will, the play is go for TCU. And you can say the same thing for Jason and Will, who are further back than Teresa, because what if Teresa doesn't listen to this, or she disagrees with her logic, and she goes with Georgia, then it would put the next person in line, and so on and so forth, all the way down for each of those. So I think the right play for these people is to go with the Horned Frogs, go with the upset. It may be a long shot, but you stand the chance to gain a lot of ground and jump all the way up to that third spot with Teresa the most likely, Jason second most likely, and Will third most likely to pass up Harrison with those 627 points. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. You've got to go for it at that point. So push all your chips to the table. If you're really trying to play the game to get into the top three. No doubt about it. One of the other things we can briefly discuss as well is, Alan, we talked about it on the previous episode, but if you have not listened, Alan and I gave a little bit, or more so it was Alan, but Alan gave a little bit of insight into what he's thinking about his tiebreaker pick. And being that you do own first place and it doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on what you do, I think it's totally fair, and I think you would probably be willing to give away a little bit of insight into what you're doing with your tiebreaker pick as well, being that we have, what did you say? We have an over-under of roughly 62 points. Yeah, 62 and a half is the over-under. Again, both of them have the ability to score a great deal, right? Like they both can score a lot, but that would equal, you know, 42 to 20 type game or 31 30 I mean just to get close to it I just don't see it so I'm going like 56 57 that would be a closer number to my over under because I think in some way Georgia they don't believe I don't think that TC is going to be able to beat them so I think they're going to take the air out of the ball a little bit more I think that easily could make sense especially if they have success in the ground game and if you're going strictly by the spread and thinking about what that 62 total gives you Again, 62 and a half. I'll lean a little bit towards 62 just because I think we come out with a little bit simpler math on what that could equate to. But you're thinking like a 38-24 finish if you're leaning to Georgia covering. You could be looking at like a 30 
34-28 finish if you think this game's a little bit closer than that or 35-27. You know, anything in those lines would kind of line up with that over-under and what we're talking about. And then, of course, if you think it's going the other way, you know, you could find some value going with the over as well. I've heard some opinions kind of both ways in my thinking. And I haven't given a thorough thinking of what my pick is going to be for the tiebreaker. And again, my pick doesn't have as much significance, but I could see it going a couple of different ways. I just don't think TCU is going to explode for as many points as they did last time against Michigan. So I kind of think at least on that side, that makes some sense with thinking about the under. Yeah, I agree. And I don't see Georgia exploding for 40 something either. I just don't see that happening. That's again, one of the reasons I think it's going to be, a little bit tighter of a game as there's just not going to be as many points. Very, very much understood. Alan, thank you so much for your contributions to the show as we've gone throughout the season. I hope that the advice we're giving away here in these episodes pays some benefit to some people looking to land some of those prizes. But once again, congratulations to you on, at the very least, walking away with the top spot in the confidence pick'em. I will be very interested to see if you walk away with some prizes in the other contests as well. But just as we've documented to this point, we are looking to contribute our prizes back to our Patreon supporters. So once again, that is Bruce, Joshua, Regina, and Jorge. You're each going to get at least something of a cut as we go throughout bowl season. And if Alan really racks up, then you're going to get a pretty good cut of what we have up for grabs. And uh, I hope that's an enticement for some other people to jump on board with the Patreon support in the future. It means that our prizes are going to get bigger in the future, and it means you increase your chances of walking away with something because Alan and I tend to be pretty good at these kind of things. So, Alan, thank you for all you've done this year, and good luck landing some of the top spots. And uh, it could reap rewards for those who are contributing on Patreon, at least again, with our current subscribers, because we're not going to loop that in with anybody else until we get into another college football season in 2023. That's right. Well, I appreciate it, buddy. It's been a fun year. Love it. Alan, thank you for your time and can't wait to get to some off-season content because this off-season we are looking to potentially add some content for those of you who are listeners to the show. We're looking at getting some team previews and that kind of thing, getting some thoughts out mid-summer, kind of late summer, as we get into the beginning of the season to at least have some preliminary thoughts on what we could be finding during the pick'em slate, both on the ATS side and on the confidence side. So it should be a lot of fun and is a good way, I think, to take another step in the development of the show, hopefully shedding some light on what some people could be thinking about some of these teams heading into the early season. Yeah, absolutely, man. It'll be here before we know it. Can't wait for it. Alan, thank you for your time and can't wait to address that stuff with you as we get into the summertime later on this year. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.